Welcome back to the Daring Poppy channel. Thank you for joining in again and thank you for the outrageous feedback I've been receiving. It makes me feel like we're in for an amazing ride. The technical side of these podcasts may, may be a bit bumpy for a while as I'm coming to grips with things, but please bear with me. I hope people are managing to engage in some level of research and back-checking in between time. Every little bit you do adds to the whole. If you're a newbie, welcome to you. I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode, Mother of a Mission, as this channel's shaping up to feel a bit like a show. If you imagine walking into a theatre to watch a show halfway through, you'll never have the full picture of the plot or characters and so on, which would be a waste. So a show, you may well ask. Yep, I would say a show and tell. It is show and tell time. The telling will be in the ending. One of my favourite sayings is, it is our response to what's coming that will determine the outcome. A cool, calm, collected response sounds good to me. It's very humbling to be realising that there are folk linking in to listen from around the world. So a special Hale Mai to you folk. We are all in this together as we make the discovery that fact appears to be stranger than fiction. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we move on. If you're anything like me, there's never a pen and paper far from reach when I'm scheming and planning. So I highly encourage listeners to get in the habit of connecting with those mediums as you're listening and more information comes to light. Jotting and doodling is very cathartic too, a bit like a scientist in his or her laboratory, formulating and brainstorming and the like. I was so thrilled to hear one of our resident Tui's chime in during the first recording. That was such a gift. I hope you caught her song. You can expect a lot more native bird chatter as we go along, given our bush setting. You'll also hear the odd bellbird and pee-waka-waka, to name a few. So enjoy the Coromandel Chorus, as I call it. Aside from this podcast project, I would love to let you in on another passion of mine that is so incredibly exciting at the moment and sadly not widely known. It is with regard to two sensational emerald comets heading Earth's way and soon-to-be daytime comets meaning they are so bright they will be seen during daylight hours. Comet Atlas is approaching from the Northern Hemisphere and Comet Swan from the South. They appear to be synchronistically meeting up at perihelion come the end of May. Perihelion means the point in the orbit of a celestial body at which it is closest to the Sun. Sadly, there is extremely misleading information being released by NASA with regards to these two comets reporting that Comet Atlas is currently breaking up. Let me say nothing could be further from the truth. I know this because there is a wonderful elderly Croatian gentleman called Igor Kostelak, who has a telescope positioned from his home in the hills, while he is also in lockdown status. His YouTube channel, Against the Grain, is devoted to sharing time-lapse recordings that reveals stunning intricacy and beauty of Comet Atlas. There are very few images available of Comet, of Comet Swan at this, so I beg your pardon, of Comet, Comet Swan, so that's probably going to take another amateur astronomer in the Southern Hemisphere to snap the scoop on that one. 
This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to wonder at the magnificence of the heavens, so either way, I just felt the need to circulate that info for any listeners who might be interested. If you haven't already noticed, there is a link to harmonic dimensions in the description. I compiled this reading material back in 2010, a whole decade ago, but needed to put it aside for personal reasons until this moment. I hope you will take time to read that log as it offers an additional backdrop regarding the concern around New Zealand's social erosion. It also adds to the authenticity of this podcast forum I have chosen to take advantage of. Alrighty, let's get back down to business. So it's wonderful to be to be back with another wave of ammo. I'm calling this information ammo because it is the key to breaking the Hollywood spell. Remember, knowledge is power. In the first podcast, I repeatedly drew attention to the negative media forces that have poured out of America since the 1940s. I would just like to clarify, my antagonism is not directed at the American people per se, but rather the the banksters and industrialists that railroaded their way in, pun fully intended, and robbed American patriots of their true shot at independence. These shysters wanted to control the energy grid as a means of making money out of the masses and steering us into being a slave class. First, they needed to knock the genius of the day, Nikola Tesla, off his Wardenclyffe Tower in 1913, because he was well on the way to providing the world with, wait for it, wireless, renewable, free energy. Well, guess who the man for that job was? Does JP Morgan ring any bells? If you don't know much about this topic, take the time to find out, because it is a ginormous piece of the Hooded Claws plan. As a side note, my personal awareness of the influences that corrupted America run deep. I was 23 years old when Nikola Tesla appeared on my radar, thanks to a dear mentor of mine, Jan, who was 30 years my senior. Jan alerted me to a wealth of knowledge that made me sit up and realise all was not as it appeared in the world of scientific discovery. Jan also introduced me to the great work of Bruce Cathy, one of our unsung New Zealand geniuses. I learned so much reading his book, Harmonic 695, including the fact that his discoveries were so sensitive, NASA tried to intercept this airline pilot's findings and buy him off. Being a man of great integrity, NASA NASA realised he wasn't for sale. Bruce passed away in 2013 at the ripe old age of 83. His legacy lives on through those in search of truth and it is an honour to honour him at this moment. Now, back to the plan to overthrow the world. The human experiment legacy of Nazi Germany played out in America after World War II. The easiest way I can explain this is in relation to a laboratory experiment. Cultures are raised in a petri dish, correct? Well, America became that dish and the people the culture. It was nothing short of a rich man's trick. As with scientific experiments, cultures are used to inform other cultures. This human experiment was based on mind control. As Sherlock used to say back in the day, 
elementary, my dear Watson. Before I move on and broach the plight of the suffragettes, I've decided to devote this podcast to tidying up a few loose ends. I would like to read the prologue in Alan Gawley's book, Assault on Childhood, because it sheds light on the, on the United Nations role in the big scheme of things. Please listen very carefully to this crucial information Alan is conveying, because our future depends on this level of awareness. Readers, this is your author speaking. I wish, like the airline pilots who use a similar opening, that I could assure you that you would have a happy flight of reading fantasy. I wish I could assure you of your safety or that you would soon be enjoying your holiday. Unfortunately, no, I cannot give you any such reassurances. Let me tell you something of myself. I am a realist. I do not delude myself about reality. My life, many people would see as a successful adventure. Certainly, there have been hard times. Times when I wondered where my next meal was coming from and also occasions when I've had to do things I don't like to do, such as writing books. But then without some problems, life might become rather boring. A bit of the adventure. I have been hunting alone in the wilds of Australia where any accident or mistake would have left me to die in misery with little chance of ever being found until long after it mattered. I have been opal mining at Lightning Ridge where I crawled alone through old mining areas. I say mining areas. These are not normally shafts as you see in movies of mining. Some are huge caverns of excavation. Others are literally acres of flat excavation with no more than crawling space between the hard sandstone floor and the crumbling sandstone roof where any disturbance could result in a crushing fall or entombment. My chosen sport was motor racing. Some may think that risky. I have written how to avoid the looming catastrophe, which some may think a dangerous social challenge. In other words, I am not easily upset by social or physical stress. These items are mentioned only because I want to say to you that never in my life have I felt such apprehension, such frustration, and such let me get the hell out of here as I have felt since I began to take a close look into the world of children today. This feeling of unease does not come from an awareness of personal danger in what I do, or that may exist, or speak your pardon, although that may exist, people have been crucified for revealing truth, but no, the apprehension comes from seeing so clearly the imminent nature of the threat to humanity. I am not referring only to education, yet in that area alone, if parents really understood what was happening in the schools, most would stand at their doors to face whoever may come and say, only over my dead body will you get my children to your school. The frustrating part comes from the fact that I know I cannot tell more than a small part of the story here, and probably that not nearly so expertly as it needs to be told. 100 examples cannot produce the conviction of 1,000 examples, but if this book is to be readable, 
to the many who do not read very much these days, then it has to be short and to the point. Even so, and despite that, I can promise that there will be more than enough evidence to awaken those who care. The fact is that the United Nations organization is orchestrating a worldwide sickness. And I can tell you that the purpose of this operation is to warp the human view of reality in order that one power body may gain ownership of the entire world. This book explains how the attack is directed through children. Who wins the youth wins the future of America, said Earl Bowder, speaking before the Ninth National Convention of the Communist Party in 1936. He was repeating an idea said to have originated with Joe Stalin. The future of America, we, as we surely must realise, means the future of the entire Europe, European Christian culture. The enemies of our culture have been planning and working for many years, long before 1936, for the destruction of our culture and people. They have not been particularly secretive about this. It is merely not widely publicised. It is well documented that they aim to subdue us by gaining control of the education systems and institutions of our countries. They truthfully say that if they can condition the minds of the youth of a nation for just one generation, then that nation will belong to them. As part of this conditioning, they deride and ridicule feelings of patriotism and loyalty to national interest and to parental authority. They neutralize the Christian and moral influences of family life to create an unhealthy lifestyle and to inculcate the principles of Marxist socialism in a disguise of democratic development. If in the cause of this endeavor, children are led to destroy body and mind with drugs, to kill themselves in motor accidents, to commit suicide, if their bodies are wrecked, if their minds become warped by fantasies and delusions so as to make them incapable of appreciating the human reality, then that is not failure, that is success. To more effectively use these weapons of war, the United Nations Authority, known as UNESCO, was created. Parents and citizens, beg your pardon, parents and citizens should make themselves fully aware that the assault on childhood is in no way innocent. It is not part of any legitimate alternative concept of education that has evidence of scientific research or intelligent reason for support. The opposite, in fact, applies. Nor is this assault confined to education. It is not a scientific plan for healthy human development, but is part of a scientific war of subversion being waged by enemies of our people for the prize of world domination in the guise of one world government. It is, as they see it, a matter of survival of the fittest. The prize is world ownership by an elite. The virtue of this path is, pardon, the virtue of this path to this elite 
is that it will allow the elimination of surplus population without risk of modern warfare and, then, and thereby give safe access to undisputed ownership of the entire earth. You may well wonder why our governments and authorities neither publicise these plans nor take any steps to prevent them being carried out. The reason this programme could be brought to its present stage of success can be no other than that influential leaders have persuaded us and sold us out in the gullible expectation that they will be granted partnership in the supreme elite. These are the useful idiots mentioned in communist literature. How this has been arranged is the subject of another book. A large area of education and media is already captured by those who would destroy the health and viability of an entire generation. Do not for an instant be deluded that those with real power in our world do not know what they are doing. The idea that control of a nation could be gained through manipulation has been known for centuries, is also the fact that the destruction of morality leads to the destruction of the nation. It is an ancient wisdom that the common people should be given a religion, convincing but imperfect. Today, this is arranged by teaching and by media promoting the idea of creation by chance evolution. This proof of this, you may be surprised to hear, has nothing to do with religious theory, but is secular scientific fact admitted by the top authorities. There was no doubt at all that what is happening is happening because it is planned. There was no doubt that we are being deceived about known fact. There was no doubt that the destructive effects of immoral behaviour are known in fact, have been tested and proven in this century. Our problems are not caused by chance events. Drugs and pornography are not promoted among children only as a result of the greed of common criminals. Laws are not changed to go easy on criminals as a means of controlling crime. Other books will be recommended that will provide background and help you to confirm what is outlined here. The essentials revealed in this book should enable involved parents and those who care enough to become involved to appreciate the situation of the child in today's education and social environment. The more extreme examples are used so as to help make the nature of the enemy plan more easily visible. But do not be misled into thinking that the more startling elements are the greatest danger. No, extremes are too obvious. The extremes cannot be reached in one jump. The real damage is done by those who work more quietly and create less controversy, by those who lay the groundwork and warp young minds to accept the extremes that can become universal later, by pleasant young teachers in your own child's school, by exciting musicians, by popular media personalities, by trendy politicians. Alan Gourley. Wow. Namaste, brother. Thank you. That is outrageously informative. Um, okay. Well, that brings episode two to a close, folks. Um, it is an 
utter privilege to honour the remarkable minds that I've spoken of today. I plan to share a wee fairy tale podcast um, in number three. And as we, yeah, just as a little interlude before cracking on with revisiting New Zealand's world first historic event of 1893. Uh, I wish all the listeners gathered great peace and prosperity, especially those of Anzac heritage. May you have a blessed day of commemoration tomorrow as we gather to right the wrongs of the past. This is the Daring Poppy signing off. <laughs>